Hi guys, welcome back to the unedited podcast. Sorry for the long halt, but we're back and we're better. I'm Louise, and today we're on the topic of entrepreneurship. I have my fellow co-host Martin. Yo, what's up? And lastly, lovely guests who are entrepreneurs. Big up them, Francesca. Hey. Ruben. Hello, hello. Mr. Polo Noir, what's up? Were you good? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And O-Naturals, my sister them, you good? I'm good, girl. Big up for you guys. You guys, well, Apollo Noir was seen on GQ. Big up to you. Own Naturals were seen in Metro, She Magazine, Crave yeah. Magazine, and lastly, Half Posh UK. Big up to you guys. Let's give a clap. Amazing, amazing. Love that, love that. So here we're going to talk about entrepreneurship and just, you know, explore more into your brand. So yeah, first question. Describe to me your brand. Like, what is it exactly? Ladies all right, well, um, so I have a brand called O Natural Oils, and mm-hmm. what we do is we sell natural hair care products. So right now we have a range of different hair oils. We've got one that's called Growth and Strength, nice. Moisture and Seal, and one called Soothe and Restore. And they all target like different hair issues. So one is for like thickening your hair, mm. one is for helping with the regrowth, one is for like daily use. So um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing that like on the side while I was at uni, that's when I started it. And it's kind of grown from there. Um, Really excited to bring in some new products. Love that. Um, looking at doing things like shea butter, shampoos, conditioners. Mm. So yeah, it's looking good so far. No, big up you. Like, I've used your, some of your products and it's really helped like, my hair grow and you know, keep moisture. So keep doing that. I'm excited. Good, good. I'm glad it's helping with your hair growth. No, no, no. And you, Ruben? Um, so I um, own Apollo Noir, which is a high-end streetwear brand. Um, yeah, it's kind of based around me, really. Obviously, my name is Apollo as well, so... The reason why I started it is because I actually wanted to build something that outlasts me, you know, um, build on my name. Yeah. And I had I actually had a fashion brand before that whilst I was at uni. So I had one before that, but I sold that on because I realised, like, I don't know, in terms of longevity, it was kind of only focused at uni students. So yeah. I was targeting my people, but I wanted to do something that could actually go worldwide. And that's kind of what we've done, you know, like you said, we've been featured in GQ and yeah, the business is actually just going from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. It was tough during the pandemic mm-hmm. with all the supplies and all of that stuff, but we made it out the other side and to be fair, that's when we had the most growth as well. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that's so good. That's really good. See, business booming during a, a whole pandemic. That's mm-hmm. what's up. And obviously it's online, so pe- yeah. you can still, people can access it. So that's good to hear. So this ties on to the second question, actually. Like, what inspired you to develop this brand and idea? Well, firstly, for me, with O Natural Oils, it was kind of the fact that a lot of my friends were asking what I use in my hair because they said I have really nice hair. I've got nice hair. Yeah, you do. Hair. You definitely Thanks, do. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, from when I was young, maybe, like, 14, 15, I was always, like, on YouTube looking at all the naturalistas and I started making different oil mixes. And I kind of just, like, found ones that really worked for my hair and I wanted to help, like, other girls and guys as well grow their hair, mm. especially when those things, like, people transitioning to natural hair, like yeah. people stop relaxing their hair, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of just wanted to help everyone else get like lo- long, nice hair and healthy hair as healthy. well. Because, you know, the whole like natural hair movement as well was tied into it. Um, so that's kind of why I started it. Um, I kind of decided to establish it because when I was at uni, I studied business and management. So I felt like I had all the tools to like bring it to one and like actually make it a proper business. 
Um, so, and also, uni's tough. Like, I needed it's some tough. extra money. Yeah, extra to money. balance it, it out. It was so yeah. hard to find work that goes around, like, your coursework, your exams and everything. So I thought, why not try and actually make a bit of money on the side from this? Yeah. And, yeah, that's kind of how A Natural Oil started. Um, I also do it with my sister. So yep. we do a lot of research together into different products. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of how it began. A bit No, shout out to your sister too. Big up. That's yeah, so good. Hey. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. And Ruben? Um, so basically the reason why I started it is because obviously when I came out of uni um, I got a job in a marketing agency and obviously the 9 to 5 life is, is steady but mm. I don't know sometimes it can take the life out of you. Mm. So I kind of yeah. just started it for like just to stay creative, keep my mind going over so I do it on the weekends when I come back from work just to feel like I was actually doing something for myself because yeah 9 to 5 can actually take your life away from you. So it started out small. I was just, I've always done graphic design. Mm. So um, I was literally just designing graphic tees um, just for fun at first, putting them on my story. And then people were like, yeah, these are actually nice. They would actually buy them. So then I was like, okay. I thought, let me actually just do a couple t shirts first, just to, just to start off. Like how any brand would kind of start off, any fashion brand. It was just a couple t shirts. And like everyone was literally just from my snap alone, everyone was like, yeah, these are nice. People were buying them. Then I was like, oh, okay, this could actually be something. So I then decided to do like proper research into it, um, into the manufacturers and stuff. And I started looking at um, other brands, so like Manor de Voix, Trapstar, mm. all of those big UK brands and just figuring out, okay, how did they grow? You know, what makes them so special compared to a lot of what you would say is like, I don't know, kind of like social media brands, Instagram brands. How did they manage to make it, you know, more of a, like a, an actual worldwide business, you know, like yeah. a million dollar business. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I want to go. But um, doing that research, looking into them, they kind of became my competitors in my head. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought, okay, let me look at how they do things, how they do social media and everything like that. And from that research alone, I, I managed to actually build like a proper brand and, you know, something that people can buy into because it was like, sometimes you might even look at the prices of my stuff and you'll be like, okay, how can you get away with actually selling things at that price? It's, it's not mm. that it's crazy expensive, yeah. but it's like, it's because you have to kind of almost build like a whole lifestyle around the brand. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was kind of the whole process of, you know, how it started and kind of why I started it. It was kind of just to inspire me, keep me, keep me going. But then I realised, you know, this could actually be something that I could build long term. Something steady. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Nah, that's what's up. That's what's up. So quick question. So what do you guys say is like, what was the hardest step in, in um developing the brand? So that was like the first step, like, is it getting people to buy your stuff? Was it yeah. the um marketing side of it was it kind of developing the product so what was it like the first kind of hard hurdle for for you guys uh i would say definitely like getting to that stage of launching the actual products mm -hmm. so everything from like the research the marketing finding out the suppliers i'm going to use um like getting everything that i needed to certified be certified like all of that stuff um building up to the launch i think was the hardest part I think like the most rewarding bit of it in the beginning was getting that first sale. When I got that first sale, yeah. I was like, and it was not from one of my friends. It was from like a random buyer. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, people are actually interested in my products. And I think that for me was like getting over the hardest part. And that was really good. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. I would say for me, it was definitely um, when it came to like actually trying to expand the business from just doing t-shirts. Because obviously you've got to find manufacturers. So you've got to now communicate with people overseas and like india china things like that and for example like a lot of those places when you when you actually want to make like high quality products you have to order in bulk 
So I had to basically finance it all myself as well. So I think taking that risk or putting all that money down of your own, putting all that money down without actually knowing, okay, am I going to sell everything out? Mm, yeah. and, the, and that pressure alone, sometimes I was sat there, I was thinking, damn, like, I'm actually putting up like four or five figures for something that I don't even know if people are going to buy it. And this is something that I've designed myself. So it's mm. like, okay, have I actually designed it just for me? Or is this something that a lot of people are actually going to want to buy? So I think... Yeah, taking those risks, the, the financial element of it, and yeah, just communicating with manufacturers. Even sometimes they, oh, I had times, especially in the pandemic, mm. when it was like you were trying to um, get products in and shipping was delayed. And now you have to go back to your customers and be like, ah, right, cool, I know you pre-ordered this, but it's late. So just trying to keep like the brand reputation up as well, especially throughout the pandemic, I think that was definitely tough difficult yeah. i can imagine that i can imagine that so how have your priority prior of oh god priorities changed from when you first started till now um i think for me in the beginning when i first started it was very like focused on the business and trying to get those sales trying to get that launch going um but i think the focus has kind of shifted now shifted now <clears throat> because i'm like ready to switch into that graduate like position that graduate role yeah and obviously the business kind of started on the side whilst i was at uni when i had a bit more free time yeah so it's very hard to like balance the two and try and like focus still on the business while i'm trying to like get my career going mm. um but i think the fact that i've already done the foundation for the business is kind of helped me because mm. it's not as much legwork whilst i'm doing other things mm-hmm. um so yeah no that makes sense that makes sense i would say like funny enough for me like i said i started it once i started my nine to five and then obviously the pandemic hit i was made redundant so then i was basically forced to grow this business so Mm. to be fair i say uh, god sometimes he puts you in places that you need to be Mm -hmm. absolutely to be fair whilst i was working i was actually thinking to myself because the business had kind of started to take off so i was thinking to myself do i really have the time to do this nine to five stuff as well as try and actually make this 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 brand global but then obviously i was maybe done and i was just like right now you've got to kick into gear so mm. then i had all the time to focus on the brand i was really building all the infrastructures websites doing proper marketing behind it proper research and all of that proper putting money down luckily i'd been saving as well okay. whilst i was working yeah um, but i was doing that obviously for like the last two years and it's like, I've got it to a place now where the infrastructure is there, like mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. So it's like, now I've, I've gone back into the working world as well, because I work in marketing. Mm. So I've gone back into that now. And now with the brand, I think I'm more focused on um, just bringing out smaller collections that are just, you know, a little more special. So it's like, before I was dropping products like every other month, like consistently. But now it's like, I want to bring out collections. So I think... I've almost slowed down in terms of how fast I'm trying to grow the brand and I'm focusing more on like building the actual perceived value of it. Mm. So is it a thing where like you drop it Mm. and once the collection is done, it's done? Yeah. So like like, in terms of like, if you get the gums, you get the gums, isn't it? Okay, okay, okay. And um, so would you say like, the pandemic was a blessing in disguise? Mm. Yeah, 100%. That's what you guys. As well, like, when the, when the pandemic first hit, like, I was getting so many more sales. I don't know mm. if it's to do with, like, a lot of people spending more time at home, home. having mm. time to look for, like, self-care products. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I was getting so much more sales in the pandemic. And, like, obviously, I was stuck at home as well. So I had yeah. that time to really grow, grow and, like, 
crafted business as well no. when you look at it as well you see like all of these like big retailers like they they all like closing down their stores and most of them are now just going online and mm-hmm. stuff it's actually crazy so it's like when you even look at the figures i was looking at it's like um like um online shopping had gone up 50 percent like i forgot what the numbers were exactly but it's crazy so it's like even me like there was even a point during the beginning of the pandemic when like you were seeing like on Twitter things that are support small businesses, things like that. So yeah. all those little mm-hmm. things were really helping. Helping, in terms yeah. Of the growth. And I feel like that's kind of where I had the most growth with the brand. That's where it got the most exposure. That's was what's up. Through the pandemic. Nah, that's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. Nah. So knowing what you know now, is there anything you have done differently when you were first starting? Uh, that's kind of a hard question. Mm-hmm. Anything I would have done differently. Um... No pressure. I think I would have probably done more research in the beginning um, instead of kind of just doing things and then realising that I was spending a lot of money making a lot of mistakes. No, I hear that. Um, yeah, so I think I would have focused on like doing more research in the beginning. Also, um, probably speaking to more people that I do the kind of thing that yeah. I do mm. now. I think it would be like really good to get advice and support um, so that I understand like the market that I'm in and the way it's going. I mean, it's also good to like learn on the job whilst you're doing it, but I think it's also good to like get experience from other people. Mm. Um, I can't think of anything else at the moment, but no. yeah, you can come yeah. back to no, that. I would good. say the same thing. Like, I would have got a mentor. Like, yeah, I would, like, I would have found someone who who has a brand that I like, and you know, who's done it already. Cause yeah. like you, like you said, you spend so much time making mistakes, and sometimes all you gotta do is just ask someone. Like yeah. now. Like, I'm always open to, like, when people say, oh, yeah, I'm starting a brand, like, I'll give them as much advice as they need. Like, I give them my suppliers and things like that because it's those little things there that you make the most mistakes on in the beginning. And sometimes mm. I just wish, like, even if, even if it meant paying for a mentor, like, mm. I'm, I'm a big, big advocate for it now, like, because mm. these people have done it. Do you get what I'm saying? They've, yeah. done it, they've got the answers. And it's, like, the knowledge that I have now, I'm thinking if I had met a me, two years ago mm-hmm. this process would have been so much easier <laughs> true that no that makes sense that makes sense and lastly what advice would you give to anyone who would like to start a business um do your research do what we should have done find a mentor um get that experience that you you'll need in the market that you'll be in um also be prepared to spend money like you're gonna have to put in Invest. money to get something out of it absolutely um so how much you the more you put in the more you're gonna get out so i think it's really key to have that money to be able to do that in the beginning mm. um if you're gonna use that as your only source of finance let's say you're at uni yeah and that's your only source of finance i don't think is a good idea maybe wait later on until you have some money to actually you know grow yeah, and develop some steady that income mm. um so make sure that you're in the right financial situation to actually start it as well um and yeah i think use social media as much as possible social media is literally gonna make your business blow like things can go viral do you know what i mean like that and that's the generation we're in so you need to make sure that social media is at the forefront of your business Mm. um yeah, I think that's a few different points that I've got. I can't mm. think of any other no. yeah. Thank you, thank you. definitely um, with the social media thing. Yeah. Um, and no matter what business you have, I would also say, like, Twitter. We don't really think about Twitter when it mm-hmm. comes to business and things like that. But Twitter is, like, one of the easiest places to go viral. Like, when people start retweeting your things, like, so many times I've posted on there, 
and the posts have gone viral and I'm getting like crazy sales off of Twitter alone. Mm. Yeah. In fact, when I got the, the GQ feature, they said that they saw like my brand on Twitter. Oh, That's wow. what Varate, say swear. You never know like who's going to see, see. your thing. But yeah, definitely leverage social media. I would also say like, not always, but I think one thing that makes um, starting a business very easy is if you are a consumer of what you're actually mm. trying to trying mm. to sell. So mm. like, for example, mm. you and the hair care mm. products, like, you know, you understand that you're a consumer, so you know what people are looking for. You know what your target audience is looking for. Absolutely. Me with um, my fashion brand, like, you probably won't see me wear anything else. And it's, it's not just because it's my brand. It's because when I, when I first started, one of the things I was thinking is there's so many things that I wish some of these brands would make that like, they're not making. Mm-hmm. So it's like I understand who my target market is because it's me. So it makes it a lot easier to actually reach them and understand what it is they want, what it is they'll buy from you, how much they'll buy it for. So yeah, sometimes don't complicate things in trying to start a business that's not really, that you don't really care about. Do you get what I'm saying? Just no. Just think it, it might make money. Like actually try and start a business that you care about. No. Yeah. I just Absolutely. thought of another thing as well. You need to use as many plugs as you can. Networking, bro. Networking, Networking is, is the one. The reason why my business has been featured in things like the Huffington Post, Crave Magazine, Sheen Magazine, is because my brother's a PR manager and he li- he'll literally plug me and be like, they want you to write an article. Can you do it in two hours? And right. I send him the, the details, send him everything that needs to be written in it. And then next minute, I'm in a magazine. Do you know That's what I mean? What's up? So you need to literally network, find people that will actually help you. Like, And it can be for such a lower price as well. If you're friends with this person, mm. then they can literally plug you, help you grow your business. And it will cost you little to nothing. You just have to be able to put that work in. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, I hear that. No, so I would also say, uh, don't expect your friends to buy from you. That's yeah, that's, that's a it's, it's actually yeah. okay because sometimes you know what your friends are not always gonna be your target market and don't think that like a business will not be sustainable on your friends alone. Yes, mm. they, they, some will support you, but don't take it personally. Maybe mm. you know the the product is just not for them. That's okay, but you shouldn't be trying to create a business just for your friends. Do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, so that is so friends. true. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. It even yeah. discourages them at that point but you've got to think okay you've got to think outside of that like do i actually want to build like a proper proper business and if that's the case i'm gonna need to reach more people than my friends because we only have so many friends mm-hmm. do you get what i'm saying yeah and also, don't make products just to please your friends oh, if they're just like, no seeking validation oh, yeah, you, you make this oil yeah this that and this in it and i'm like well no, no <laughs> it's, not exactly. yeah. it's not part of the brand do you know mm-hmm. what i mean so focus on yourself don't focus yes. on your friends when Definitely. it comes to business no that's so true i actually have a quick question so like you guys being entrepreneurs and obviously working full-time would you say that it's good to balance or you say the entrepreneur side like what do you feel is better for you or like what you've experienced for me um i feel that is good to balance um because i'm very young i'm at the beginning of my career i Mm. do want to have like that established career as well as having um the business as well whether the ownership or of the of o natural oils will like be passed on um is something to consider in the future mm. but um i think at the moment my main priority is establishing uh, establishing myself with a career mm. that can also help me develop my own business yeah um so right now i'm yeah. trying to work on a balance it's hard it's hard I'm, I'm really trying Try to try know you are sis yeah. <laughs> yeah i would say i agree a balance as well um i think sometimes like um 
the whole entrepreneurship stuff is glamorized and trust it's not yeah, glamorized. yeah. Glamorized. yeah. this is relates to our, our it's literally it's not easy bro man yeah if you've got that 95 and this is the thing like it's all about your mindset like a lot of people they see 95s and they're like oh yeah you're not doing something for yourself but it's all about like how you use it i would yeah. say leverage mm. it like i work in marketing so it's like I'm learning all this stuff in my 95 and mm. then putting that back into my business. My mm -hmm. business would not be where it is if I didn't have the career I had. Yeah. So I think learn from a 95, being even just being in a business, seeing how an actual business works, right. like a business of employees. Yeah. So you can understand these structures and things like that. And then, you know, you can take that back to your business. Like there's so many things that I learned when I was working at the agency that when I was then made redundant, I was able to use all of that stuff to then actually grow my business like with a proper infrastructure. Like, for example, having like a, a customer base, email marketing, things like that. Mm. I would have known none of that if mm. it wasn't for me working in a nine to five. So use your nine to five as experience to then go on and actually do your own business. And don't rush. Like it's like it's not like you have to do the business alone. You know, you can do both. You know, you can start out slowly and having a nine to five, it gives you that like like that that safety cushion almost mm. to take more risk. Mm -hmm. To know that you've got like a a steady income coming in so if you don't make sales from um this collection that you bring out it's actually okay because mm -hmm. you've got money coming in there you can invest your money from the 95 into the business so i think yeah definitely i'd go 50 50 until it's at a point where you don't have time to do the 95 because the business is taken mm. over so so do, <clears throat> so do you guys have like a and go like would we see like all naturals and boots or something like that or would we see yeah that would be yeah yeah definitely to get it into retailers um for the customer base to grow um products to expand all of that good stuff mm. um obviously this is like a very like long-term plan and mm, mm, um, mm. it's in the beginning stages at the moment mm. but yeah i do definitely see growth and potential there i mean we've been featured in loads of different um, magazines um mm. so obviously people are buying into it um so yeah i think it has loads of potential for growth yeah. Yeah. and are we, are we trying to see your brand in like what selfages yeah like exactly like you said for me i think one of the goals is to um be in selfages i look mm. at um benjar and trap stars yeah go into selfages or harrods or one Swear. of those yeah, yeah. yeah so oh, that's the goal for so. me it's crazy because like i've had i don't know if i can actually say what companies are but some big companies basically come to me and said we want to put your um your clothing brand in our in our store but yeah. i've said no because there's so many brands that have been doing well they've gone into those stores mm. and then all of a sudden they died out it's because mm. these, these contracts they're like i don't know they're they're a bit dodgy sometimes mm. in terms of like they can they basically can handle your products anyway so they might start just slapping it on sale and you know that can bring down the actual like value mm. of your brand that's and very stuff. True. So i'm waiting for the selfridges like if they hear this you know where I'm <laughs> yeah that's what's <laughs> up <laughs> yeah me Cool. but yeah nah but thank you guys so much for featuring in the unedited podcast and just giving sound advice honestly big up you guys again let's clap thank you. Oh, it's been lit it's been lit but yeah take it easy start unedited and we out